Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't find love. Then I discovered partying, and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. I discovered I was great at raging and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros regardless of what kind of bro they were. I could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh, you know, be witty. Or I could play beer pong and compete with real integrity. In short, I fulfilled my potential. The Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. can't quite decide what I want to talk about first. There's a lot. And really, it it starts from Julio Jones, 90% of it. The trade that happened over the weekend, we'll talk about the Titans, the trade itself, what it means to the Bills. Jody Biasi, Brendan Keeney here on the Nightcap on WGR. 803-0550 is the phone number. Do you mind if I start with uh, Mayweather, Logan Paul, though? Let's do it. Outside here. Did you watch it, by the way? If you Not don't know what all. I'm talking about, Floyd Mayweather, famous boxer, fought a YouTuber yesterday. You did not watch it at all? No. Do you have any interest to? No. Like, it was never even on your radar. Like, even if you were sitting at home doing nothing and you could have watched it for free, you were not watching it. I was not going to watch it, but I do have a hot take about this. Go ahead. So, you were talking about how you are pretty much uh, done with boxing, or you're you're steering in that direction. I would never say I'm done with it. But, I'm as hardcore a fan as you're going to find of the sport, but, I mean, I'll blast it a lot more than I, than I used to. I used to defend the sport of boxing because everyone was on the, uh, was the aggressor. Now, I mean, it's professional wrestling. What's wrong with that? Okay, well, and this from, is part of my hot take. And go ahead. I would be more inclined. I just don't like the Paul brothers, so I had no interest right. in this okay. or their ascension in boxing I don't like or whatever. Them uh, so, right. th- and and I also don't like Floyd Mayweather. So those right. just two there unwatchable no things. No like likability factor in this entire event. But what if like Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau were like, you know what? Let's for charity or something. Let's throw a sanctioned boxing match. I think something like that could save boxing. If everyone just settled their personal vendettas mm-hmm. in the ring, mm-hmm. I think it would be a good thing. 
or at least a fun thing. Maybe not good for like would the, be the purity fun. or the integrity of the sport, but it no, would be right. fun. As as a purist, it's it's a joke. Like it is it it's maddening because I like I I'm I'm torn. Part of me sitting there last night watching that thing happen with friends by the way, watching it happen. And I'm looking around, I'm looking on Twitter, everybody's talking about it. Part of me is like, you know what? This is what I've always wanted. I've, I'm a boxing fan, and there's a lot of times I'm watching the big fight, and I feel like I'm the only person watching the big fight. That's not happening here. Everybody's paying attention, or at least a lot of people are paying attention. That part of it, it's like, all right, this is fun. But then the other part of me says, it's so sad and such a joke that such a low form of the sport is what everybody's paying attention to. But kind of what you're saying here, and I think what ultimately you are right about, is the problem with boxing has never been the sport itself. People will always tune in to watch people punch each other in the face. They just will. If they have reason to care about either side, especially both sides, they'll tune in to watch two people hit each other. And they also, people have been doing this for thousands of years, too. Exactly. So, like, your example. Exact, I would love to watch Brooks Kepka fight Bryson DeChambeau, and everybody in the world that is a sports fan, that has a pulse on what is going on in the PGA Tour right now between Kepka and DeChambeau, would be, I mean, pay-per-view. Like, that would sell out stadiums, maybe. I mean, the interest would be through the roof. The problem with boxing and the reason that I'm sad today is that level of interest is just has not happened in years and probably will never happen again to the guys that do that sport at the highest level. Like the guys that do it the best in the world, no one has heard of. Everyone's heard of Logan Paul, who's 0-2. Not everybody's heard of Logan Paul, but uh, you know... A billion times more people have heard of Logan Paul, who's 0-2 as a boxer, than have heard of Terrence Crawford, who is like 38-0. And that, to me, is why I'm sad today. But I'm a, I'm coming from a purist boxing fan. I was surprised, though, when Fury and Wilder fought each other for the second time, how much interest there was in that. I think that's a that's just a heavyweight thing, maybe. And people, if there's good heavyweights, that's another like, thing. They, they, I, I was going to yeah. say, how much has boxing been hurt? By the fact that one of the best boxers of all time has been Floyd Mayweather, yeah. who New is Devils. extremely <laughs> – there's just no like entertainment value he, in the way he fights. He's the trap. He's the New Jersey Devils. Um, and I think also, also one other thing I'll throw in here because I do want to get to football is Fury and Wilder fought each other. Like they fought each other, and that made them stars. Like they were already, they were already somewhat stars. That definitely ballooned yeah. them. Yeah, for they sure. They had a legendary fight in the ring. Like, they had a back and forth, Fury outboxing him, Wilder knocking him down in the eighth, and then he's got to sell out for the KO at the end of the fight. He puts him down in round 12, and he gets up. Like, just a legendary heavyweight fight. Right, ballooned them into boxing stars. But part of the reason that that was able to happen is the two best in the sport decided to step into the ring together. And another reason that boxing promoters can't have have killed the sport is they will not put the best versus the best 
They won't put the fights in the ring that people want to see. And I know that I might laugh at, you know, the credibility of Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. But on some level, that is a fight that people were interested in and wanted to see. And guess what? They got it done. So that's why, to me, people were interested. If you got two people that want to fight, you got to make it happen. And that is a mindset that just that sport has not had since the 90s, the 80s, before I was born. Which is why it's amazing that I somehow fell in love with the sport. But it's uh, How can you even take a sport as legitimate if the best don't play each other? Isn't I, that the point of sports? Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. I just mentioned the guy Terrence Crawford. I don't think it's his fault. I think it's his promoter because it's all the promoters. The skeeving just dollar negotiations between the, the higher-ups. Crawford is undefeated and should be a star boxer, but you know why he can't become a star? In part, because there's another guy who's undefeated, Errol Spence Jr., and they're refusing to fight each other because the promoters are haggling over dollars. That's just, that's just what happens. Is it? Uh, is there anything to them not wanting to lose their undefeated record? I, I think that's a part of it. I think that's a smaller part of it, though. I think the bigger it's part of it, money. it's the ego. Both guys think they're alphas, and they both want more of the money. Because that's the precedent that's been set. Mayweather kind of, I don't know if he was the first to do this. He probably wasn't. But I don't care if I win or lose this fight. I'm making more money than you. You know, it's not a winner take all. It's not uh, the winner gets a higher percentage of the purse. Right. It's I'm the bigger draw. I get this percentage. That's final. And then when you get two guys that have never lost, of course, they're never going to settle for that. They're always going to think they're the draw. And that's why you don't get fights. And there's no organizing body to do it. So anyways, I think that's enough unboxing. But you did not watch it. The fight itself was boring. I was mad at myself after that I wasn't watching USA, Mexico, and soccer. Oh, and that game was, was so good. Game. good. <laughs> I, I'm so glad it went to extra time because I was able to get to it for extra time. The fight ended at about when extra time was starting. So I missed the first 90 minutes. And I was mad at myself after that I did miss the first 90 minutes. But I did still see everything that happened. Thereafter, So that was an amazing sporting event that did happen last night. Um, another sporting thing that happened over the weekend was the Julio Jones trade. We had been waiting for that. That probably seemed like the next big domino to fall. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are just, they're going back and forth. I don't think that's ending anytime soon. You got reports right now that Rodgers will not show up to mandatory minicamp. Schefter this morning was saying the Packers are considering fining him $100,000 if he doesn't show up to mandatory minicamp. That's just going to go back and forth. I don't think he's going to trade soon. We knew the Jones trade was coming up because Atlanta needed the cap space. They couldn't even sign Kyle Pitts, their first-round pick, because they didn't have any cap space to do it. And what that's got, that's an incredible feat, by the way. In a, in a league where every day you see example after example that the salary cap is fake, the Falcons have somehow been the team that's managed to make the salary cap real. So that deal I think we all knew was coming. I wasn't surprised it was the Titans. I don't know if you were in with me late last week when we guessed at who was going to get it done, and I guessed the Titans. They were not the betting favorite. They were second to Seattle. But I still guessed the Titans because it made the most sense on paper and they had the cap dollars to do it. Now that he is a Tennessee Titan, we can talk about whether or not they're a contender. That's the the token topic for the day. Go out and put on ESPN2 for the last four hours. I'm sure around the horn and PTI, all those shows, the, the little s- the scroll has said, 
are the Titans now a contenders or contender? But what I'm wondering is, are the Titans going to change? Because until they change what they do offensively, I will never respect their ability to beat the Bills or the Chiefs in a playoff game, especially the Chiefs, but the Bills too. Now that they have Julio Jones, I'm very interested as to whether they're going to open up their offense a little bit more and throw the football. Because on one hand, you have Derrick Henry, who you gave the ball to 400 times last year, and that has been the identity of your offense for years. But at the same time, man, I don't think you go get Julio Jones, who is, if healthy, still one of the best receivers in football. When you already have A.J. Brown, I don't think you go get him without having some idea that he's going to get his. That he's not just coming in to replace Corey Davis. That they're going to open it up a little bit more. And that's the question that I'm I'm wondering about. Because the, co- the coordinator left. He's now in Atlanta. So, I don't know. Do you think if they keep running the football the way they do that they're a contender in the AFC? Because I don't. No, I, I don't. I do think they have to change the way they operate their offense as good as Derrick Henry is at what he does running at the end of the day still does not win consistently it can win games I don't think it can win the important stretch of games needed to win the Super Bowl and here's what I'll say about the Julio Jones trade I think it makes them more of a contender in what I view a wide open AFC South I think it gives them a much better chance to win the AFC South. But I am still fairly certain that the Chiefs, the Bills, and even the Browns and Ravens are more legitimate AFC, true AFC contenders than the Titans, even after the Jones trade. Could Tennessee compete, maybe even win the AFC South by a couple games because of this trade? Maybe. Would you consider them the favorite now? I have, not, I have, I have not wavered on my view that the Titans have been the favorite in the AFC oh, South. Oh, right. That's right. I'm the one. I'm right. Because st- I am not convinced that the Colts are really that good. I think they downgraded at quarterback this year. I would much rather have Ryan Tannehill than Carson Wentz, and I think that's a no-brainer. You have A.J. Brown and now Julio Jones on the outside. You still have one of the best running backs in the entire NFL for what that's worth. I even before this trade, I was very high on yeah. Tennessee to win the division just cuz I don't like the rest of the division. Right. After this trade, it solidifies my idea that uh they're the AFC South team to beat. Well, they are still an underdog, but very 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 slight. Plus 105 are the Colts to win the AFC South, plus 110 are yeah, the Titans. I mean, so that's... they're virtually identical. Right. Um I don't know what it means, Colts versus Titans. I think that's still going to be a flip. That's going to be pretty close. I don't love either team, even still right. after this trade. If you told me they were going to open up their offense and start th- slinging the ball around, I'd still have questions about them because it is Ryan Tannehill. I just saw a graphic come up across the screen on NFL Network that I think I had seen elsewhere, but Pro Football Focus had that last year Ryan Tannehill had the most passing yards in the NFL from play action. So, if he's going to stand back there and play shotgun, what what is that offense? Because, yeah, Tannehill's been awesome in the Titans' environment of being a run-heavy o- offense that's primarily play-action and has very efficient wide receivers. But what happens when 
they start asking him to throw the ball 40 times a game. That's why I don't believe that they will just open it up. That I think Jones, like from a fantasy perspective, I don't love it for him. Because I don't think the Titans are going to change all that much. They'll change a little bit because he's that good that he'll get the ball, you know, more than than Davis did, I would think. Corey Davis, at least by a little bit. But to the point where I think they're contenders, where they're knocking on the door to where the Bills and the Chiefs are standing, that to me is not, I'm not making that leap with them. I, I would, I would, I'm 50-50 with them and the Colts. But when it comes to the rest of these teams, I still have, I would still want to think the Ravens and the Browns are more serious threats right. than the Tennessee Titans. And I, nothing that Julio Jones brings to that team makes me think otherwise. Right. And, but you know what it does do, maybe? It does strengthen a team that you could conceivably play if you're the Buffalo Bills in the first round of the playoffs. That's the type that's the type of conversations we have when the Bills are a Super Bowl contender. You're projecting way out. The regular season will not matter as much because chances are we're going to be talking about seeding by week five or six maybe. That <laughs> KC game in week five. You know, like we're that week leading up, we'll probably be mentioning how important the one seed is. And then, in turn, how important it is to get that game at Arrowhead. And that is a very important thing this year, just on its own, because of the the, ch- the difference between a bye and having to play a first-round playoff game. But now look at how deep the conference is. Because I've got at least, I think, six teams that I'm pretty sure are pretty good at least. And that, like, there's no gimmies like you might find in the NFC. Like, last year, Washington right. going into the playoffs. And this year, the even Bears. Washington. The Bears, right. The, there were two gimmies in the NFC. That didn't happen last year in the AFC, and I certainly don't think that's going to happen again this year in the AFC. Because you got the Chiefs and the Bills up top, and they're obviously great. We know they're great. I think we're pretty darn sure the, that the Ravens and the Browns are. And then, we just mentioned the Colts and the Titans. The Dolphins, I haven't even mentioned. If the Chargers decide to take some big leap forward. I mean, if you are the two seed in the AFC, you're playing the second place AFC North team. I mean, you'd hope that that team's the five. Or you're playing the second place AFC West team, and that could be the Chargers if they take a big step forward. And they are they are threatening if they take a big step forward just because of who their quarterback is. Or... You're playing one of the two AFC South teams. Maybe you're playing the Colts again. That might be ideal. If the Bills end up with the two seed right now, I would probably sign on the dotted line for playing the Indianapolis Colts. But then there's the Titans also for that. So to me, it only, Jones to the Titans, the one thing that it makes me think is it only magnifies the point of the one seed this year is to me what the regular season is all about. I don't respect the Patriots and the Dolphins enough to think they'll be in the, the fight with the Bills down the, the stretch. We'll monitor that first half of the season. I think by the time you get past week eight, at least half this regular season, if not more, is going to be about wrestling that one seed away from the Kansas City Chiefs and making them play a first-round playoff game and not us. Yeah. It's so weird to have this conversation in June, but... I do that's just, that's just kind of the way things are in Buffalo right now. Like it would have to take something catastrophic for the Bills not to be what what would oh, it be oh, if the Bills terrible. missed the playoffs? What would it be? What it adjective? Would be, I don't it would be 
astounding is the word that's coming to mind, but I think that's putting it lightly. What's above astounding? Right, and then wait, what <laughs> adjective would you use to describe a well, Bills season they don't win the division in? That would be stunning to me. I don't know that I would want to make that about the Bills, though. If you told me today the Bills didn't win the AFC East, I just think there's such a low probability that the Bills are are taking a step back. I just don't see how it happens. Yeah. The the offense, I, I, they'll probably plateau a little bit because it's so hard to top what they did last season. But everything's the same. If Dable maybe had left, maybe you could talk to me a little bit more about how much they're, they're going to regress. But they didn't. Everything's the same. They subbed out John Brown for Emmanuel Sanders, which might even be an upgrade. Like, the offensive line is the same. That offense is coming back, and it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And the defense should be improved. they got more options to pass rush. So, to me, if you told me they're not winning the division, I would assume that means that the Patriots showed up. That New England showed up, and they were, were elite again. And they just were in a dogfight all year. For the one seed, and that both teams won 12, 13 games. That to me would be the only conceivable way I could see that going down where they didn't win the division. And I'm not saying that's likely in any way. I think it's very unlikely. But I also would give that edge to the Patriots. I would give that edge to the Patriots. I I know we disagree on this. I think the combination of the slight chance that Cam Newton is back into form this season and the alternative Mac Jones is pretty darn good with the combination of the defensive players coming back, the offensive line being rebuilt and looking darn good, the tight end combo, the improved wide receivers. I just think all of it in New England could come together into being a great team. It's just so, and it's funny because we're talking about all of these big-time teams in the AFC. There, There's a lot of firepower in the AFC. I should have mentioned New England, by the way, when talking about first-round Bills opponents. And it didn't. I think the schedule is going to be really important this year. I would say that the Colts-Titans fight could be very... The winner of that could be 500. But I also <laughs> look at that division, and I see four wins for both teams. So what does that mean because they have to play the Jaguars and the Texans right? four Texans times especially. between the two of them? Yep. What does that mean for a team like the Chargers that has to go through Kansas City twice, a fine, not bad Vegas two, team? Two teams that are not pushovers, right. Denver too. What does that mean for the AFC East? What does that mean for the Dolphins and the Patriots? I think we're both in agreement that the Bills are the runaway favorite to win this division. Yep. But Patriots are probably going to be decent this year. I think without question the Dolphins are going to be at least a 500 team. And people disagree with me on that, but I just don't see how the improvements they made all along the roster don't equate to more victories this year. And I do expect a better Tua. I expect like a quarterback who's in the 15 to 20th best quarterback in the in the league conversation. That's what I'm expecting this year. Mm-hmm. What does the schedule mean this season? You look at a very top-heavy conference with a division that is horrible in the AFC South. The AFC North 
is going to be a complete dogfight? What does it look like at the end of the season? And what are going to be the surprises? Could the Chargers compete with the Chiefs? I don't think they're, they're not. They're not there yet. But what if the Steelers are okay? What is? How does that shape the landscape mm-hmm. of the AFC? What if both the Colts and the Titans are only 500 teams? What if you get even a bigger surprise? Like, what if Joe Burrow and the Bengals are right. half decent this year? And you should expect stuff like that because this is the NFL. And what is there, a, a worst to first every year? I think so, yeah. This year, I think that team might be San Francisco. But so, um, uh, but I do like the, the um, conversation about who are the Bills playing in the first round of the playoffs because it's no longer like there's no, there's no bad teams. Right. The, except for Houston. I, um, <laughs> I mean, there's no bad teams who are going to make Houston, it. Houston's well, – okay, that's right. Um, by the way, I'm except looking at Houston. AFC Championship odds for at, at Bet Online. New England is fifth. I mean, that's – that they're getting respect. The, the needle the, – the arrow is pointing up for New England when it comes to off-season hype. The Chiefs at plus 280 are first to win the AFC – the Bills are plus 700. The Ravens and the Browns are both plus 900. And then New England is plus 1,100, narrowly edging out the Colts, the Titans. Then you have the Broncos and Chargers, actually, before you even get to the Dolphins. Ooh. The Broncos has to just be the, the potential on. for Aaron Rodgers. That's I don't get it. it. I don't get the Dolphins' hate, man. People did not like Tua. I understand people don't like Tua, but that roster is just good enough. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Plus eighteen hundred for them to win the AFC. That's saying. Well, I mean, that's for to win the AFC, though, (laughs) right? Maybe there's a over under win bet that's probably better for for your taste. I don't get it. Eight hundred three oh five fifty is the phone number. What does the Julio Jones trade for Tennessee mean for the AFC? Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney will take some calls in the next segment before we get to Brandon Bean. Some news on the Bills training camp front today. And we'll hear from the Bills general manager who spoke with the media earlier today before we get out of here. Here on the Nightcap, Jody Biasi and Brendan Keeney. This is WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.